Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of the MSC Performance Podcast with me, Mark Olson, and Sonia Klokova. Today, we have a very exciting topic. Uh, we're going to talk about variability in training. Um, so before we get into that, how, how have we been, Sonia? Uh, hi, everyone. Yeah, we, we are really, really good. Excited for all the things happening at MSC. Um, so I thought that this topic will be really good to bring across to kind of give you a little little insight of different types of training and just kind of like give you a little overview again of what's going on and should we give the give the listeners an update to uh the metcon testing last week and how everyone got on yes yeah, so last week we ran the metcon testing which we talked about in the previous podcast i think it was a really successful week and i'm more than sure that everyone really enjoyed that um, I'm pleased that the board is literally filled up to the to the very bottom, um, which I think Luke was was not sure if we're gonna get there, but we it. did. Um, and we had really good feedback from everyone, uh, getting some benchmark numbers, some starting points. Um, just in general, a really enjoyable week. Yeah, yeah, it was super cool. It was great to see people like um, obviously some of the older members just doing some scores and seeing where they are compared to where they were sort of pre-lockdown. Um, and then for newer guys who have been coming a few weeks, just like actually testing themselves at absolute max effort on certain things. Do you know what I mean? Like when we're doing the Metcons, like obviously we're working at certain effort levels and percentages. And oh, things they like gave that. it a big push. Whereas this is like, right, it's testing, let go, like 100% I've effort. heard a couple of people were sick as well. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think, uh, oh, yeah, we won't name names, but there's a couple of chapters, yeah, um, which, uh, yeah, obviously we don't advocate uh, being uh, being sick when you're yeah. training or looking to be, but at the end of the day, like, it's a bit of testing, you're pushing yourself as hard as you can, it's something that you'll do very rarely, well, we'll do, we'll do infrequently, and uh, do you know what, like... You yeah, mean you know, being sick, like, sometimes it's actually going to happen, so you know your limits. Yeah. Um you got to push, you got to push. And that's what it's all about testing. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it was great. It was great to see. And uh, I think a lot of people who started back up with us when we reopened 16 weeks ago really surprised themselves in terms of how well they did. Um, like, you know, getting some real good data, to be honest. Good mix of uh, obviously power tests, um, obviously more um, endurance stuff as well. So, you know, output capacity as we uh, like to split it. Um, it was really great. And then, like, we had some new guys have only joined the last couple of weeks um and you know it was a good chance for them to do some testing as well so like with that it's just a good opportunity to like say right you just died let's see where you're at and um you know go go from there so yeah it was really successful exactly week. every um, time we do it it just confirms that it's just it's it was just cool really it was cool yeah well. and uh, we're buzzing uh for the hype, hype week, week with uh, some testing uh, the last week of July, uh, testing in the Barbell Club, testing some maxes, uh, finished off with obviously the Strongman Games um, on the uh, Saturday, the 31st of July. That's going to be a mega week. And I uh, really like just, again, it's going to be really cool, like people testing. And there'll be some people really surprising themselves how strong yep. they are in that right environment with that right atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, buzzing for it. Looking forward to it. So uh, moving on to uh, the subject of today, as uh, as mentioned uh, in the intro, variability of uh, training. So um, what we're talking about here is like just getting good variety in your training. Um, you know, looking at different variations of moving. Can you know? Can we be doing ollie lifts, sprinting, conditioning, strongman, powerlifting training? 
you know, single leg work, bilateral work, etc., uh, etc. Et so, um, yeah, do you want to uh, sort of explain the importance of that, Sonia, and why? Uh, yeah, sure. So obviously, you either have a specific sport you kind of, you know, focus everything around, like whether it's powerlifting or, you know, you have your events you're doing outside the gym, like many people preparing for like marathons or the Ironmans um, or whatever it is. Some people don't do anything out of this, but just train for like a general health and well-being. Um, but obviously, like in here at MSC, I think they're getting a good idea of, of the global side of it. So you're not just doing one thing. Like, I, I don't want to blame like bodybuilding, but maybe many people coming in with that like upper body kind of set and it's just what they know and what they used to know. Um, that's what I've noticed with barbell club people that like they maybe weren't that used to squatting or when you look at their squats, like they're not very squatty at the beginning. Um, and as they go through through the program, they understand the importance of the variation in the squats, like why you're doing, you know, safety bar, belt squats, split squats. Unilateral work, I think, is like a big one which people neglect a lot outside the gym if they don't have a program or someone who's taking care of it. Um, so if you focus on one specific thing, whether it's, I'm going to say Olympic lifts, um, you don't want to be just doing your snatch and clean and jerk. Like there has to be a lot other things done to make sure that you're like whole year around you're healthy um, and you're reducing the, the injury rate. Um, so you still have to do your planking work, your isometrics, your split stance, et cetera, et cetera, as you said. Um, and that's literally for every single sport, whether it's powerlifting. Um, Luke had a good blog about this as well, talking about his adductor injury. Um, so um, that's basically why we bring in this app, that like why the variability is good. Um, so if you would think that like as a powerlifter doing squat, bench, deadlift is everything you got to do, it's not. Yeah, I think I think this is a good place to start actually on, um, you know, if we if we talk specifically about um, people trying to achieve one certain, you know, feat of excellence. Oh, okay. So like if we talk about high kilometer lifting is a good example, powerlifting is a good example, uh, rugby can be a good example as well, although you know, there's a bit more, it's a bit more known that there's maybe some wider varieties of components that are needed anyway. But like you say about your, your weightlifters, like <clears throat> even your, even your, like even your old school Bulgarian and Russian weightlifters who were well known for literally like snatch, clean and jerk, you know, and power variations, back squat, front squat. And like, that's, you know, that's kind of what they were known for doing all, all year round. If you actually dig a little bit deeper, like you, you see like the post-activation potentiation they do, like a lot of jump work, mass amount of plyometrics. And that was, and that's an example of like quite a, quite a narrow and, and probably the most specific training systems that have there ever been is like the Bulgarian weightlifting like systems from like 70s and 80s. I think when you're talking about this <clears> one, it's maybe a good thing to say that um, it might work for some and it might not work for, for others. Yeah. But I think your background really, really matters. Yeah, my point was even even with that, even with the most like specific training systems of all time, there was still some variation yeah, um, yeah and then like you know moving on through the through the 90s and all season stuff like that you look at like the chinese weightlifting team and things like that how much accessory work they do and how successful they've been um you know uh for throughout the last 10 20 years and you know even a, even a sport that like is literally like 
two movements essentially snatch a clean and jerk like you still want to have good variety of training obviously you need good squat strength from the back and front uh front squats but also like huge benefits to to unilateral work so that you know we don't uh, we don't have any asymmetry we don't have any you know lack of lack of pulling strength or squatting strength you know and we're, we're avoiding rotational things you know injury prevention things like that and um you know obviously core you know core work pressing pulling and having you know a half decent aerobic base as well like in weightlifting as you know like you'd be following yourself yeah you know, certain competitions and things like that and the ability to recover um is really really uh important um i think it's like you know the same in, in powerlifting as well like your main movements are obviously squat bench deadlift like that is your sport is those three movements but if you're just training those all the all the time you're gonna come i think many people who try this bulgarian split routine um they would find themselves that something's just gonna pop out at some point if you if you're really focusing on like three to four main lifts and they're usually just like in one plane of motion so you would find it yourself like i remember me doing just like proper just snatch clean and jerk not much of like um the eccentric work like uh, hamstring work i was really neglecting this and i and i know that that was wrong like i was missing these things in my training yeah um, highly specialized in the nsi so one thing is to kind of like doing the variations to maintain injury free or reduce the injury risk and then you can use the variation for enhancement so like almost like a bump up your performance which um for me really worked um the strongman type of training as a as a good enhancement because obviously it allows like extreme stimulus um moving in in multiple planes um obviously it's like highly demanding um and i probably wouldn't recommend someone like weak or novice lifter going into like heavy you know um what is it the stone yeah. stone cleans and these things like you've got to be careful with what you're doing but i'm trying to say that other than just injury prevention it can actually improve your training um in a good way yeah definitely like some different stimuluses um and i think like what you're doing in terms of your variability you know very much does depend on the experience levels as you as you say i think like you know someone experienced uh you know like like yourself you know can do you know some strong man on the side of weightlifting and get some uh you know get some really good benefits from that if you're like pretty new to weight training but you specifically want to get into olympic lifting then for sure do the olympic lifts and like learn the the basics of that but then alongside that you'd want to have a good general preparation uh program 100%. as well uh which would basically mean like very you know uh, low to moderate um intensity and volume as well uh, but wide selection of exercises um so general prep would uh you know that it might be a program that you know you're hitting two sets of eight two sets of 10 12 um but you're supersetting and you're doing lots of variations you're doing work from the you're doing hip hinge work you're doing uh, squat work from the knee you're doing you know push pull carry you're just being as well rounded as possible um i'll give you the strength the stability um you know the the the, the balance the control the motor control to you know improving your weightlifting at a lot higher rate um and um 
yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly the same with powerlifting. I don't, uh, you know, I do, I do remember now me and Luke going through this a little while ago, but like with powerlifting, exactly the same. I think a lot of people made a mistake of, you know, they want to get into powerlifting and they go all in with squat bench deadlift, mm. and you're just missing such a huge amount out by like just building a good foundation and actually building, you know, lean muscle tissue like capacity components, um, you know, and uh, you know just building that that base and that foundation before you know trying to lift too too heavy with the main basically specialized like lifts. building those general general qualities as exactly. you said like in the general phase um you gotta pick a couple couple things couple elements you really want to nip and focus on and then if you're competing closer to the competition just focusing on those lifts um but yes these are all very important to do before um and that's what we here focus on so you would know that in our 16-week block of barbell guys doing like all-around work and they still don't reduce it massively closer to maxing out so it's all about like work workload management uh, at the end of the day yeah definitely yeah if you're putting into like a putting that into a 16-week block for example then yeah like whatever the uh, whatever the kind of sport or the goal like whether it's you know barbell club and you know just wanting to be a good all-round athlete uh, whether it's powerlifting whether it's rugby you know weightlifting anything like that like the start of the cycle especially like the first block or two you would look at good building good general qualities a bit more exercise selection uh working on skill components and you know tempo work and pause work and things like that and then you would build more specificity as you move towards your competition date or your testing day or anything like that. and that's a that's the same pretty much across the across the board um and say like if you're powerlifting 16 weeks out then you know you you know or even further out than that you'd be doing a lot of a lot of general prep work and then building specificity you know with your three lifts the closer you get with volley lifting it's the same and then like with american football with rugby with football you know you uh you know that first bit of off season for example like after after the end of the season that's when you do like your you know your general prep work and you do you know, just good wide range of, of exercises and building good general qualities and then build into strength build into power and then you can really specify as you get closer towards competition date, because you've built the foundations, the good general qualities, transferred it into strength, got really, really strong. And then more specific as we get closer to comp and whatever that, whatever that sport is. Yeah, I think uh, we could maybe say a little bit about like the variations. So like a bit of like a squat variation, why, and maybe some pushing, pulling. So let's yeah. say again, starting with the strong man. So, for the strong menu, you might use the lock press, let's say. Um, so, you know, people obviously doing loads of dumbbell work, military press, um, or using machines. Um, and then suddenly when you're doing something like a lock press, which has a bit like no quirk grip, because obviously it's, it's wide. It, it's just different, it's, it's quite thick. So it's just like a different stimulus suddenly to your body. Um, which I think just gives like that good kick into it. Um, and I know that in here people like really, really struggle with doing it, but then they actually, they're actually scared to try it because it just looks scary, but um, I don't think they should. But once you get grips with it, um, it can actually 
enhance the training a little bit um, because it puts you in an awkward position, like you're a bit more hyperextended when you're doing lock press, which can may be dangerous. So, you know, make sure that like you sort of ready to lift something like that. Uh, but that's just a good variation of like an overhead press, a vertical press. Um, then for the squat, let's say um, like, I'm, I'm going to talk about yoke. Like yoke, you can use for squats, you can use it for pressing as well. Um, again, the grip, um, the setup is a bit more awkward, uh, but it's just different than what you normally do if you're using barbell or dumbbells. Um, same for like carries. So you may be using like farmer's carries uh, with cat levels. And then suddenly when you load up yourself with the yoke behind the neck, it's just different loading type. Um, with the barbell, like obviously back squat, front squat, but we implement safety bar a lot, uh, which just gives um, a different shoulder rotation, um, which again, is just good balance with you back squatting all the time. If you back squat three times a week, perhaps it's good to add something a little bit different, belt squat. Um, so all these type of variations, like, you know, you might be asking why, why do I front, or why shall I front squat if I don't do oil lifts? Um, simply just because you want to have a good ratio to your back squat, perhaps something like that. Similarly with bench, um, barbell bench press and then the variations, feet of the bench, dumbbell bench press, banded bench press, that's something you're using quite a lot. Uh, the banded work with deadlifts as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's really, you know it's really useful for for anyone and like whenever you're like whatever whatever your um sort of goal moving forward is it's important to get that good variability um you know in terms you, you can vary from strongman you know Olympic lifting type stuff you know right through to you know talking about right how can we vary a specific movement like a bench press yeah um you know so if it's um you know, if, 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 if it's in a early in the cycle, for example, for someone who wants to get really good at bench press, then yeah, you might vary the movement itself. So you might, you know, turn handles in and go football bar or dumbbells to work a little bit of stability and a bit more unilateral, um, which will carry over nicely to when you go back to the, the barbell, um, you know, to make sure you're equally strong across, you know, across both sides, um, you know, more stable in the shoulders. But even if you're doing like a barbell bench press, just varying a normal repetition, you know, a normal set of five, let's say, <laughs> to uh, five uh, tempo uh, yeah. presses or five pause presses or, you know, something like that, or, you know, an, e an eccentric or an isometric or something like that. So just even like the most subtle variations can make a real good, real good change as well. Um, so like if you're, you know, if you're early on in the training cycle, I think it's good to like pretty much completely change the movement. So like for sure do horizontal pressing, but rather than bench, you might look at dumbbells or football bar, for example, you might look at incline press. Um, and then like, as you get a little bit closer on, you get to the next block, that's when you might say, right, let's go back to the barbell, but let's do pause work or let's do tempo work and things like that. And all of a sudden, like you're, you're getting variation because you're, even though the movement looks very similar, you're getting more time and attention. Um, you're like, let's take a tempo, uh, tempo squat, tempo bench, for example, like on the eccentric range uh, of motion, you're, you're staying tighter. There's more time and attention as well, which can obviously, you know, uh, lead towards, you know, hypertrophy uh, you know, progress. Um, and um, 
you know, the movement's slower, so you're enabling yourself to, to stay tighter. You're uh, reinforcing the positions as well, in which we want to be on the way down and in the bottom position. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the same with pause as well, you know, taking, you know, getting the, getting the positions a little bit better, getting tighter, taking the stretch reflex out of the equation as well, so that we improve our, like, concentric pressing or pulling strength. Um, so, you know, even, even these variations can be good, like, if you I want think, to really specialise in one movement, if you really want to get yeah. your bench up, it's like, okay, you can still vary. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be just five sets of five bench press all the time, you know? I think exactly what you just basically said says that there's a rationale behind choosing different variation of a lift. So what I really believe is that you shouldn't just change things in your programme just to mix things, mix things up. That's just not like there should be a reason why you're using this variation and that variation. Um, so obviously there's nothing wrong with following, you know, pretty like similar pattern in your program. Like there's no need for much changes. And I think you guys explained this in the last couple of podcasts, um, which, you know, like you see people like, oh, can we do something else? Cause like, this is a bit boring. Yeah. It, it, like this is a thing where like, yes, there is room to play with things because obviously you should still enjoy your training but you shouldn't be just picking things because they look good. I think yeah. the thing is as well, like, you know, um, very variability is massively important, but it's also important to give a movement enough chance to actually get better. Yeah. And good that's point. where like progressive strength and conditioning is and like good programming is not going to be chopping and changing exercises every week or even every two weeks. Normally we'd give four weeks as a, you know, as, a, as an example. And, and sometimes um, with some of our personal programming, even, even, even longer, uh, you know, maybe up to six weeks. So, you know, four to six week blocks, generally speaking, four weeks for our barbell club, where you would do the same exercises every Monday, you do the same exercises every Wednesday and same exercise every Friday, for example. Um, different exercise on each day, yeah. but week one, week two, week three, week four would be the same. Um, the variability is there, but it's more in terms of volume and intensity. So those are things we would look to look to vary weekly, um, you know, pretty much all the time. Um, but with exercise selection, if you vary it every single week, then you're not going to get enough of the stimulus to get better, uh, to get to drive an adaptation, you know, to get better, and your you're not developing the, the skills. So let's say, you know, someone's done, you know, they're, they're relatively beginner, they do back squat once a week, uh, one week, and then they move on to like, you know, front squat, and then they move on to belt squat, for example. Like, you know, if they did on one session of, of back squat, like they've no, like they've got nowhere near like the minimal potential needed to drive an adaptation because, they haven't had enough time under the bar to learn the skill. Um, so if the skill's not good, um, and even just the modes control and like just uh, uh, I don't know the the kind of um, proprioception of the movement and feel of it, and you're changing week two. I mean that's an easy that's some easy progress and gains that you've lost there because you could just go three. You know, let's just say you're doing three sets of five week week one and like the person's lifting like 30 kilos and then you're changing out next week. It's like, well, if you just stuck to that for four weeks, I'm pretty sure you could go 40, 50, 60 kilos, like with a relatively beginner. Um, so you could get real easy, 
stress and stimulus there to drive an adaptation with like minimal I think this is why people often hit the plateau in a gym as well, because as you said, that they don't actually manipulate um, the volume. So if you squat in five by five all the time, you don't necessarily need to suddenly do front squat five by five because nothing's really going to change. So it's actually about the volume manipulation. That was a good point. Yeah, that. I think like, yeah, there's a, no, it's interesting to bring up like why people stagnate in the gym. And I think like... Yeah, I think sometimes, or a lot of the time, it's because, like I say, they're just doing the rep, same rep scheme all the time. So, like, okay, you might be able to add a couple of kilos each week just doing three, sure. three fives. Sure, yeah. But after a while, obviously, you need to you need some more variability and change up your volumes and intensities. Um, I think another re like so that that can be one reason. So just doing the same, you know, the same thing over again in volume intensity. Another reason could be doing the same thing over and over again with the exercise selection. Now, it's not to contradict what I've just said, but like if we say like a four-week block or an eight-week block or even a 16-week block of doing the same movement is okay. But if we're going further than that, even for like a competitive powerlifter, like they'd probably look at like, you know, changing a back squat up to a, a pause squat or a tempo squat or something like that. Um, you know, so by just doing the same, you know, like you've all seen the guys in the like bench pressing and they're just benching for like years and just stuck at the yeah. same progress. Yeah. That could be volume and intensity, but it can also be lack of exercise variability. Um, but what we're saying with the exercise variability, exercise selection variability is like just getting that timing right of, you know, four to six weeks to eight weeks, something like that, before we make any, uh, any tweaks. Um, and another reason, which is probably less common, but still happens, is too much for exercise variability where like they're just not sticking out long enough they're just doing one week of this one week of that um so there's you know, no time it's to like, yeah it's one, exactly. it's one of the issues um you know i have with certain forms of training where it's like just turn up and do a workout of the day and it's like like why? out of nowhere yeah exactly yeah. what are you what are you working on what you're improving what's the reasonings what's the rationale so um you know yeah it's just as you said like you know making sure there's a there's a reason you know big uh bushy asked me the other day why are we doing pause bench press and it was a good conversation and a good like it was really nice actually to be asked because you could you give a good explanation as to why why we're doing it and he was like oh, okay yeah it's like cool it makes sense like there, there's a reason behind surely every, that's, that's the key of the program, program. and if you're ever dealing with elite athletes like that is the <clears throat> like most important thing is like just getting rid of anything that doesn't want to doesn't want to be in there being real careful with the exercise selection definitely if you don't know why you're putting it there it shouldn't be there exactly yeah got to be able to uh, got to be able to justify really so um but yeah i mean if we kind of backtrack a little bit mm -hmm. almost go back to the start so like you know for, for me, as uh, I was to wear let's talk about American football. Okay. <laughs> okay, so someone's American footballer, would you recommend the, you know, getting some body work in, some strong mats and sprinting in the off season? Uh, in the off season? Yes. Yeah, probably. Um, again, should be structured. You just shouldn't have like, yeah, turn up and let's, let's sure. do random stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, if, if normally guys have some sort of jumps or 
any other things like apart from like a weight room. Um, I don't see a reason why not. Like they spend loads of time on a tr on a, uh, on a track doing their like you know I don't know like shuttles repeats. Um, I think they could really benefit of, um, from doing something like this if it's structured again. So like you wouldn't just do one off session doing power cleans, but you would possibly put in place some sort of progression or you know starting low load high velocity and then potentially maybe move towards high low and pushing the velocity so something like that um potentially like um what else did you say only lifts and uh, yeah so like um you know uh, i'll use an example like with um a football player i trained um in the, in the summer a couple of years back like it was you know, sent to me by the club to, you know, put a bit of mass on and they're quite good to be fair because they were like, look, you know, we understand why it just doesn't need anything too too specific at the moment. Um and that was a that was a real good chance of like beginning of off season to you know doing something a little bit different, like the like, you know, little bits of strongman type training to to build, you know, like a farmer's carry, for example. Like you're thinking, right, okay, Premier League footballer doesn't necessarily need to be doing farmer's carry, but in an off-season like program, you know, building up the strength, building up the scapular stability. Um, and you know, suddenly it's like a different stimulus strength. for CNS as it's well. It's a different stimulus in there. So um, it's an immediate like adaptation. And then also it's going to build good qualities to move on to more strength or more specific whether it's so motor like, control improvement exactly. or getting another skill in into yeah. your toolbox or yeah exactly um, like using a like farmer's wall for example like yeah it's okay his grip strength's better his shoulder stability's better his shoulders are stronger and bigger because we've had more time and attention which, then all of a sudden you go into more yeah you know strength building if you like for pre-season you're doing your you know your deadlifts He's got a bit of better grip strength. Better doing grip overhead, lift, yeah. He's doing his overhead press where he's got, you know, better, better, better shoulder strength. Uh, and then you start going into more, you know, specific work. And it's like, okay, you might be doing trap bar jumps. You might be doing like landmine presses or something like that uh, for the upper body. And it's like, because they've got all those, you know, they've, they've built those general qualities and they've transferred it into strength and they can also deadlift a lot of weight or squat a lot of weight or press a lot of weight then all of a sudden we're going into like dynamic work for example so exactly if you easier. know that you can use the grip strength from farmer's walk later on that's a perfect reasoning for using it when you have a bit more room to play with the exercise selection um you can be a bit more generic or you know like it doesn't have to be just your specific thing at that area like when you have the general prep like there's a bit more room to do other things and working on other qualities Exactly. Like if you're not on the, if you're not doing field based work and yeah. you're not playing games, that's the best time to, to you know to throw in those variations. Yeah, you probably wouldn't be shifting could, these um, when they prepare in. Exactly. Um, like you, you spend like you're not going to spend time on a you know ollie lift necessarily for this guy like in, in, in season, but in the off season, what's wrong with saying like right, let's get into a hang position, let's try a hang power clean, let's see if we you know learn about triple extension, engaging the posterior chain. You know, a bit more and, lower body yeah, um, exactly, power development. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like so, um, you know, I think that's a good time to do it. But that you know brings us on to kind of workload management, mm -hmm. and um, you know what, you know what's too much, what's too too little, really. And it's you know a case of looking at the overall training program holistically, and also the the life <laughs> um, of the person. And, 
like how many times they can come to the gym and things like uh, things like that really yeah so maybe moving this a bit more to our guys in the gym so um for me that brings the question of like how many times shall i train shall i do additional training to what i'm doing if i train three times a week um shall i train every day um so these sorts of questions like that's the workload management um i think the big one is to see how you cope to start with so don't start full on um I, I'm going to use example like barrel club people and then trying a couple of metcons. Um, so, you know, like you might feel like the metcon um, might be too hard or too difficult. It really depends on if you if you try a couple. So one session probably wouldn't give you that much information. I think you need to see like if you do one a week, how you're actually coping overall. Then you may add another one and you see if you're actually recovering enough for the, for the session for the following day. So it's almost like, again, like a trial and error process. Um, it's very individual. Um, you probably know that if you're coming from complete no gym or no sort of background in a gym and you know that you almost pass out on like a warm up with a goblet, like we're doing a goblet squat, you perhaps know that doing a metcon next day in the morning won't be the best idea. Um, so just making like a smart choice um, based on individual. individual. Um, can I cope with it? Is, it? is it too much of a demand? How much load am I, am I lifting in a week? Because obviously even, even in the gym, like following the one program we have, someone's lifting way, way more weight, someone's lifting way less, but using maybe the post squat, the tempo, so it's very individual on like how much I'm lifting and then how much I can cope with. Um, yeah. I think um, with the barbell club, like that's one of the one of the best things that we, we have in there is the uh, coach to client feedback. Um, like you say, it's very you know it is very individual in terms of how much we can we can manage, how much we can you know we can we can load, and that's where like yeah it's it's you know we always encourage our guys to um to 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 be aware to be self-sufficient to think about you know how they feel and you know we obviously do the questionnaires and things like that weekly um to to see where they're at um and you know that's where our job comes in as you know experienced coaches is to say is, is to is to manage that that workload you know so if you're um, getting feedback that oh my god i felt really really tired after this week and they tell you what everything they've done on top of it like i cycled you know i don't know 200 miles yeah or i barely slept or worked really stressful that just flips basically answers the the training through the week so it sounds like it's almost that simple but people wouldn't understand these little things that like if i didn't have good sleep that possibly could have be the external effect for your training um but people 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 learning these things more and more like they know if they had come on beach the night before or, or stayed up longer like basically break uh, their sleeping pattern they just notice that something is just not right um and and it's these small things so like knowing what what you're doing when you're training and how to manage these things um and that's why it's really good if someone kind of keeps an eye on it and you have you have this accountability so like we keep an eye on what's been done and how to then maybe change things so if we know this background 
we can then manipulate the following days, following weeks, etc. Well, I bumped into Bushy the, a couple of days ago, and he's been on been on the piss and at the horse at the horses for a, a few days. So I know might have, to, might have to <laughs> might have to tweak his uh, tweak his program a little bit this week. Um, but uh, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. All the factors: recovery, sleep, nutrition. You know, all, need, all need to be taken uh, into consideration in terms of managing. Uh, managing those uh those those loads and that's again you know it's all part of variability isn't it like you know the uh we can you know as a beginner make you know pretty good linear progress but you know even for a beginner there are going to be little weeks that you know certain movements don't feel quite right or there's been outside external factors that um are having an effect on on performance um and it's just important to know when to cut back a little bit when to push on a little bit, um, and that's where the RPE is good as well. You know, in terms of uh, load management. You know, back in uh, back in my day, like when I started down the sports science route, it was all like it was pretty much all percentages. Yeah. Like everything was based off percentages, um, and although there's like still a time and a place for for, for using percentages, RPE just gives you so like just takes into account daily variability like so much more. And takes into a, a fact like external, like outside factors, like you know, three sets of five at eighty percent might feel really easy one day, and then you're leaving too exactly. much in the tank. You're not pushing three times five at eighty percent on another day might feel like absolute absolute hell, and you can't and you can't hit it, and all of a sudden you're not hitting your program and you're feeling bad because of it and stuff like that. So like you know, I do like. RPE, I think, is an important part of variability training as well because it's just that daily fluctuation of strength, which you know can happen. Um, obviously, the more um, strict we are the lifestyles, and the more consistent we are of our training, the less variability there tends to be. But there's still, you know, is the possibility of some of some variability. Um, so. Even though I know it's it's quite difficult to get the the RP and assess it at the beginning, um, I'm sure that everyone who's been on the path with RP like is learning and understanding it more and more. Because like I know at the beginning when you're not not really experienced, like your training level is you know not quite there. Um, like you haven't done that many lifts, you don't you haven't been shifted that much weight, or in general like you just don't understand. It's hard, but I feel like people understand where it comes from. Sure. Um, so yeah, big shout to the RP, as you said, like that definitely plays a big role in the variability. Yeah, definitely. In the one. <laughs> in the variation. In the variation. Um, um, Anything else you'd like to discuss? Uh, from, uh, I think um, we've delivered pretty much what we wanted. Let's call it. Let's call it there. Hope, uh, yeah, I think that's a good place to stop. Actually, I think we covered a good, a good amount there. So, uh, yeah, I think the yeah, just to conclude, I think the the takeaways are like, don't be afraid to to get some variability into your training, like a real good wide range of um, exercises and disciplines. Um, if you are doing that, though, just be aware that like you know you're recovering okay between sessions. You're doing it at the right time if you're a, if you're a competitive athlete. Um, you know, and just getting that, you know, if, if we are varying exercises, give it, you know, f give it at least a four week block to, to get better. Don't be afraid to vary reps and intensities, uh, on a more weekly basis. Um, 
and um, just be be aware of you know of how you're feeling in between sessions and don't be afraid to you know adapt when when we need to and pull back a little bit when we need to and we and push on when we're feeling good i think that probably summarize things uh, nicely yeah. uh, fantastic cool so uh yeah i hope you enjoy the podcast guys we'll be back again next week and uh we'll catch you then cheers thanks guys